2: Hello and welcome to the AEW Dynamite review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hambler and Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, the Dadly Boys, here to review last night's episode of AEW Dynamite. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Dynamite but also AEW Collision, Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0. Oh! oh. A premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a round of the week complete with a mega quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, there. John, joined by Hamplin Sidgwick to review last night's Dynamite. Michael Hamplin, stay up to watch it. What did you make of it, Michael Sidgwick?
1: Uh, not much. Not much at all. Um, thanks, Hamplin. <laughs> I'm not taking
3: the beat for this one. You've no, no, seen no. 2023, AEW. <laughs>
1: it's just really, really <laughs> flat and mid. Flashes in there, as always. I Honestly, like... I can't remember the last episode of Dynamite where I just found it all too easily to go on my phone. It failed the phone test, this Dynamite. Mm. Obviously, I need to watch every single second because I have to review it and get a considered opinion that even if something's not to my taste or even if I'm being impatient or whatever, I should probably see, you know, the good, the bad, the in-between, Potential, what, I should be paying attention to it. I found it really difficult. I find it really difficult, um, particularly last night, to just not see what was going on in the world. You know when you've got like the world there, and it's like, well, why wouldn't I see what's going on in the world? Like this phone thing that a lot of people have, it's just not, it doesn't have that incredibly intoxicating atmosphere that just summons you to the screen. Mm. It just feels smaller than ever. It somehow conspires to feel smaller than it did in Daily's Place close set.
3: Yeah. Badly. Badly so. It's Not a
2: great attendance, obviously, last night's show, and I think that was reflected in the, the noise that we could hear from the crowd for, for large parts of this. Did you see that picture?
3: Yeah. yeah. The, you know, like, I was probably one of the worst for this, right? AW launches, and because there's, like, money and knowledgeable people and all of this sort of stuff... I was probably unfair towards them about right, show me like market leader standards, even if you're going to be the challenger brand. North American mainstream pro wrestling has a has a bar. Mm. Like like, and creatively it did, obviously from really early on. We're at the point where, you know, they've just sold out Wembley Stadium and they can use that to say as much as they want about the success of the brand and the four years of AEW's existence. Whilst that is true, I feel like I can also use that to say be a wrestling company with loads of money and produce around the problems. Mm. This was a small attendance. Impact did a tremendous job of this. Aye. I went to the Impact Zone and it blew my mind. A box room of a venue. And never once did you think that when you were watching Impact every week.
1: I've just watched in, like doing research for a list, the um, infamous dickhead behavior of Austin Aries when Mm -hmm. um, Christy Hemi... Oh yeah, gets his name wrong. He says it's bad influence, and it's not. And he just you know completely invades her personal space, and that's obviously what I should have been paying attention to, and that's obviously the more important thing. But I was struck watching it of Jesus Christ, what big arena are Impact playing here? I don't think it was the Impact Zone. Mm. it wasn't that Mm. good. Smoke and mirrors. So they were touring whatever episode this was, and it just looked the scale of it looked unreal. And you know for a fact there's probably three thousand people in there.
3: And it just tops the TV, Absolutely tops wherever they were touring. Yeah, only the UK did them, did bigger crowds than that yeah. when they were on TV. It's not just even visually, like you know. I know WWE gets pelters for sweetening the sound, but AEW have done it mm. like that. Has been like they've crossed that threshold at this point. So do more of it. Um, Don't do more of it. Yeah, do more of it. I like oh, it's a TV viewing experience. Like let's not be so precious about this wait, wait wait no like, let's, let's be precious let's be
1: precious I can't remember what it was it might have been I am gonna be precious what was it on NXT on this week that had this unbearable fake was it during breaker Corbin Probably, yeah. yeah. It was like, "What are you doing here?" Yeah, and I
3: understand there's a good and bad version of everything, isn't it?
1: There is, but there's not like, a good. There's no. It completely defeats the object for me. I'm a complete dickhead, earnest purist about this. Sort I would of you thing. use dominant
3: Mysterio as an example of? It. There's rows about this every single week, and even when the sweetening, it encourages people in the building to go nuts for it. So you've they've created. We see this every week. People are like, oh, turn the volume up on the sweetening, and then somebody will video it and be like, "No, you haven't. I'm in the building. It's loud as out." It's both. That's hmm. what's happened. Yes, yeah. they've driven those responses. So create something if you can. Manufacture it if you have to to get fans. I'm not suggesting that you just fake a presentation. do, we do, we do that, and I know that's not the it's not the way, right? But I like, am sat there watching a TV show where some stuff some wrestlers deserve deserve a little bit better. Some wrestlers aren't able to wrestle the fans into life, and that's the point. And I get that. Like I never dog the fans. Rarely. You know, you never blame the fans, it's the product that they've they've paid to be there and respond to it and stuff. Maybe, I'm not saying you go for like the Smackdown hairdryer, but in a number of key areas. The commentary, bollock those commentators into stop talking nonsense to fill the silence. There were so many points on last night's Dynamite where there was no reaction in the crowd. So the commentators have to speak and... They're not even talking about the match. Now, whether or not it's because they don't think there's been enough going on in the match to give them stuff to talk about, but they're just going off on these non-sequiturs and asides. So have, and Jones Having one of their weeks that they do sometimes. Like, like, loving the smell of their own farts. Can't imagine three people that would get together and be like that. But, like, <laughs> these three were certainly doing it. And I just, like, that was annoying. There were several areas where I'm watching a cold product and your impact example is better than my WWE one. Like, wrestling has forever worked against that when it's presented on television. Forget what's happening in the building. We can lie on screen and make it seem like the hottest ticket in the world. You I know, fundamentally
1: like, disagree. I think it would come across as so fake. And more than just that scenario in and of itself, it would continue a pattern of AEW kind of insulating itself from reality and criticism with this deflective talk and the press scrums and, you know, we don't uh, we hear loads of criticism about the builds, but... The shows were actually great, and oh yeah, what was it? What was the word? Was it granular? Yeah,
3: uh, Tony, I, I, hardcore forum poster and hardest of hardcore wrestling fan. Tony Khan doesn't like weekly granular analysis of the TV shows. I, uh, come on, really. I feel like philosoph- that's fair, philosophically.
1: That's fair. Um,
3: yeah, yeah. Well, to go back to a conversation we were having yesterday, from a lived-in experience, move people and stop shooting the empty bits of the building. <laughs> <That> was, there's <laughs> like ways around you know, it like that aren't so. Or, like, Overbearing. think next year, if you're going to have these crowds. Or just learn how to book better again. Learn how to book, that's <laughs> always the answer. Book better, hot characters, hot stories. This is, we're, like, basically trying to come up with ways to cover, mm. like, putting a plaster on a gaping wound, whereas if you just don't cause a wound in the first place, it's not such an issue. But, like, book hot, small venues. The Manhattan Centre for Raw was a way to disguise that nobody was coming to the TV tapings anymore. It's like, if only we could fit more people at this really hot building. It's no, you can basically only draw about like 600 New York businesses in the bin. But nobody thought that, because it was like, wow, this looks like a, a place to be. Figure that out with the buildings you're booking, maybe. Like Is your the man Jeff Jarrett? Probably. What's He's he done? He's mayor here, because isn't he like sort of... The Canadian tour was a
1: horrendous he big, misfire. Isn't he big up now in the live events and the house shows before Think the so. god collision was the thing? I don't know who's booking these buildings or what they're doing, but I... They used to have such a knack for knowing the level, not being too ambitious, and just finding these really cool venues. Sometimes we will get into the actual review of the mm-hmm. show imminently. It was a necessity because WWE had hired like the the best ones, yeah, and they've got this sort of agreement with the the promoters mm-hmm. of those arenas, mm-hmm. um, where they AEW's basically not allowed to run them because they've got these long standing relationships with WWE. That why would you even in 2019 when it was like st- almost pin not finished, but yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like bad enough to create its own competition. Even then you wouldn't say, all right, I'm going to go with this new one. So they did like the college campuses or they did like whatever. I, I don't understand why they're trying to fake it until they make it with these massive buildings. And you know what I mean? Like, what's the point? Just run some of the places that you used to do these like really cool 4,000 seaters in Texas. I don't know that's, a lot of people at the time said you're running Texas too much. Yeah, you're gonna kill it. I'm like, uh, freaking running it enough. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's a, you, you know, we have the, the point you made was hidden under all of this. Like when you book better, when there's people you wanna go watch when there's it's never any more complicated than that, but and that becomes complicated. One
1: particular thing I'm going to Put an axe to, irrespective of what happens or doesn't happen on collision. But I'm really looking forward to burying that. But even though I know people don't like an overwhelmingly negative listen. There's one thing on here I
3: thought was tremendous. A lot of this wasn't bad. It yeah. just wasn't particularly uh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't say this was like, there was a couple of things that I just had absolutely no time for. But for the most part, like it was six and six in the ups and downs. Like gentlemen's prob- three of a show. Yeah, <laughs> probably could have gone like eight and four. But I would have wanted to rename the article like Mids and Bads rather than Ups and Downs. There weren't too many ups, but there weren't that many downs no. either. Like, it just, I really loved last week's Dynamite, but then part of that was through the lens of a table set there. And this was doing it again for Grand Slam next week. And then it just brings you back to that. I don't know, there's like a bit of a deep rooted sadness around Grand Slam because it cannot be oh, I'm like not I, looking forward you, to it. When week. you say like February 2020, or I say like the summer of 2021. Like, of course, those are, like, our fallbacks. But Grand Slam next week can't be Grand Slam 2021. And it's the same building. And it's the same branding. And it's the same everything. And it can't be, you know, this is, this. to use the WWE example again, this is WrestleMania eleven running the Hartford Civic Center because it's the cheapest tra- place to travel from Titan Towers and they've got no buildings that they can sell out. Yeah. That's what Grand Slam is now. Oh, that was their Madison Square Garden. We don't yeah. need the garden. We've got Arthur Ashe. Yeah. We don't want Arthur Ashe anymore. <laughs> like it's one of those as well, like, what if this just doesn't turn around? Do they feel
1: like they have to do it next year? Probably. Do you know what I mean? I mean like Tony Khan yeah. loves his... Um, he loves like, his traditions. Yeah. And it would be like accepting defeat and the optics of that. Or the optics of finding the only camera angle that he can vaguely make it look impressive in scope and Twitter ruthlessly exposing that. It's 70% empty. Do you know what I mean? Is that... Worse than saying, oh, the business is uh, in the bin, so we can't do that again. Remember you know the Ring I mean? of Honor
3: shows where the hard camera would point at the ramp? Yeah. Like a video game. Oh, boy. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. I don't know. You don't want to go back to that. But The last ROH pay-per-view did that. Did it? Yeah. The, the AEW ran one. Ah.
1: Uh-huh. Ah. Oh, thought the, the one with um, Nightingale and Athena and Pac and Claudio. Ah. Oh, the hard camera was that. against the ramp.
3: Right, yeah.
2: Well, let's get into this show, though. Uh, it. Started with the uh, hometown favourite, a bad guy, I think, but a, a hometown favourite nonetheless, John Moxley. International, the bizarro World. International champion. He said it.
3: Shivani said it. Sorry for Shivani. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, he was His telecast. Yeah, His uh, Bizarro World. I love Taking on Big Bill. Uh, Moxley tries to chop him down early, but then just gets nailed by one uppercut to to get dropped, um, and uh, we go into the break with uh, Moxie getting launched over the timekeeper's table, and he did get busted open as you he were, did. I'm glad you were asking for. Uh, Moxie makes a comeback after the break, superplex, uh, but he runs straight into a black hole slam by Boogle. Uh, comes back with a cutter, goes up top. Um, Ricky Starks is there as well Crotches Moxley That allows Bill to hit his big boot But only gets a two count Here comes Brian Danielson to brawl with Ricky Starks Uh, But Danielson gets sent into the steps Bill hits a huge choke slam uh, Goes for another one But Moxley counters that with a triangle Starks is trying to get in there to help him out But Danielson holds him off And Big Bill has to tap out Uh, The only bit of power was the the lipstick spot thing that he did the blood Yeah, with the blood Um, Post-match Starks and Bill go after Mox and Danielson. Starks tries to use his tries to use his shoe to beat up John Moxley. Claudio saves them. It's the ring and gets Bill up for a fireman's carry. And uh we find out that uh next week Moxley's gonna uh, defend his championship against someone who hasn't got uh a C in his surname, annoyingly. Ray <laughs> Phoenix at Grand Slam.
1: Well, phew square that off on the preview next week all going well but I'm not inspired by that in particular as much as it makes sense um, I was disappointed by this I thought it was underwhelming um, Wilborn, you've been off obviously yeah. on paternity leave, have I brought you up to speed on my new thing, the Just Bleed match?
2: No in Goodness. L-
1: I'll do star ratings still on uh, whatculture.com slash WWE whenever there's a big AEW or WWE um, event on a Sunday I'm not coming on a Sunday uh I'm not coming in on the Sunday to do the Saturday one. Yeah. <laughs> um I'll still do star ratings, but like I've got a new thing. Ricky Starks versus Brian Danielson, it all out. Oh my god. Demi- I've not had a chance to Demi- talk about that, yeah. Like, yeah. Like it filled me with such bloodlust <laughs> and it turned me into such a jock savage. Who in a frenzy that I turned into the Just Bleed guy? Who's that again? The guy who was in a very early era UFC show who had UFC written on his head, <laughs> just bleed written on his tits. <laughs> just goodness. bleed written on his tits. And he gets his arms out and he's so like it's just he's so he's twisted into orgasmic bliss by violence that he goes. <laughs> uh, uh, and that's in a Just Bleed match. <laughs> this was uh, John Moxley versus Big Bill, had Just Bleed potential. Yeah. And I know this because John Moxley's had several Just Bleed matches in AEW. He's had better matches than Just Bleed matches. They're a completely different genre. His best Just Bleed match, Double or Nothing 2020 against Mr. Brody Lee. The goddamn finish of that match, oh, yeah. when. Paradigm shifts Brody Lee through the stage and you can see them. It's not like the cardboard or anything. You can no. just see like exposed wooden beams and you think, oh, that looks like he's, you know, like really, really badly like hurt. and Gnarly. Car. Gnarly. And then with an absolutely incredible bit of body language and acting, Brody Lee just surfaces <laughs> and he looks like he's, the lights are on, but no one's home, mm. but like you still can't put them away. So well, what do you do? <laughs> and then Moxley, the ferocity of his attack to just go after him after him after him I was going, Ugh. <laughs> so I expected to go Ugh, watching John Moxley versus Big Bill, and unfortunately, I thought it was a really well told comparatively over in this building match where he had the right strategy, he sold for the right amount of time, he checked every box of how to work a big man, but he didn't give me the feeling. Mm. I almost got it. It was slippery. Almost got it with a King Kong laureate. But I didn't go, I went, like, come on. But I
3: never got there. Didn't get off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you wanted uh, Moxley, just bleed, And you got, Moxley, just bleeding. No, everything's a shrug. I've seen every John Moxley match. I'm sorry that sounds spoiled. I've seen every John Moxley match. And He's had bear a in mind,
1: listeners, how much this man loves John Moxley. Loves him. Will and work. had a bowl of cereal in front of him at that time. Yeah. Like what hot did you s- go for? Uh,
3: it was Crunchy Conflicts. Morrison's own brand, Crunchy Conflicts last night.
2: Um, Got a big B and M. That's the B and M's bought the B, the old whatever it was, Pound Stretch or whatever is next door to them in Team Valley now. So it's. Doubled the size of the B&M and they've got a cereal bit now.
3: They've got some pretty heavily discounted Kit Kat cereals in B&M. At oh, the the Jaws one I saw. The, that Jaws, one, yeah. the Jaws one's good. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'd happily go 15 minutes of cereal and talk about another John Moxley match. Like, I love him so much. It's the worst we'll, time for him to do this kind of run. Yeah, we'll never, f- like, ever be able to, like, sort of truly explain and articulate my gratitude for what he did as a pro wrestler in 2020 for mm. all of us. Uh, and yet... And I, I kind of knew it from before I even beat Orange Cassidy for the belt. I kind of had a sinking feeling things were going this way. And they just are. Ah, and I've like, we labored over it on the, should be feeling vindicated. that We've kind of labored lately, myself and Sage, over the problems within the BCC. And the heel baby face dynamics and dissonance and all of that. And I feel like we were vindicated last night in a big way. But I'm not happy about it. Mm. It's not the sort of thing I'm doing a victory lap over. I'm quite frustrated watching it. I feel a sense of nothing making the sense I want it to make and nothing feeling as tight as I'd like it to feel about these various overlapping programs. Are you supposed to get... Excited about overlapping programs. It's pitch and surge off knowing that I'm getting excited about Jey Uso's overlapping programs. <laughs> there's about three here, and I'm getting like pretty irritated I'm by them. I'm getting irritated. Like, it's, it, there's a feeling about talk like about this
2: now rather than the backstage back to it, segment. Right?
3: It's only two segments later, isn't it? Yeah. I was like really narked. Recap it, and can I please go first? Yeah, absolutely. It's the angry version of Just Bleed. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Marvez, yeah, is after this is after the Don Callis bit that we'll get to in a second. He's there with the BCC. Uh, Brian's like, I love it when things escalate. Challenges big deal, and Ricky Starks to a match against him and Cla- uh, Claudio, uh, who's also got the title defense. The winner takes all match uh, against Eddie Kingston um, next week. John talks about Moxley. This is talks about being easy work. Ray Phoenix piles in. Uh, saying, I'm going to beat you next week. And there's refs and agents and why who's got to separate everyone. Eddie Kingston shows up, and I was like, here we go. He's going to talk them into the building. And then Claudio just sort of stands there and looks at him. They face off, and Eddie goes, one more week,
1: ha, and leaves. I right. Even if we get the iconic Eddie Kingston promo on collision, I still think this is a terrible build, like pretty terrible Or like this last chapter of the build. I think they've done some great work throughout. Eddie Kingston, God bless his heart, has been doing great work with us for like 10 years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so, so, what are you frigging doing, man? You've quite literally lost the plot and you are not doing the basics. And I know that might come off a bit rich from me who tried to get the phrase deft dovetailing, booking over. They should be right on my street, but they've lost the plot. And at this point... Paradigm shift. Let's just get to the basics, guys, right? Let's concentrate on the basics. Like, you got to mark your man, right? <laughs> you've got to play the right passes. You've got to get fit. Like, the actual fundamentals of what this is, mm-hmm. and they, I think they've lost them. Simple ball every time. Yeah, I think they've it's, absolutely
3: it's, lost it's, it's raw. Fed fans are pretty happy with basic rolls. And like, I, speak, I speak as one. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Simple
1: balls. <laughs> so... And there'll probably be some AEW Freakazoid Defense Squad guys <laughs> out there who will point out that this is yet another enforced situation, is it? Because CM Punk was meant to be feeding with Ricky Starks and Brian Danielson stepped in for CM Punk when CM Punk sabotaged his own AEW run
3: and I will never put it any differently than that because he did. Awesome replacement too. We were calling for, like, an old Vince McMahon. Who else you got? Make it even bigger and better, and they did it. And hands up, hands up. I doubted
1: them. I buried them, and they did it, and it gives one of the best matches of the year. Mm. So I was completely wrong, but I think I'm right with this. So what's happened now is that feud is continuing for whatever reason, even though it really kind of only worked situationally when you consider the dynamics of the BCC. So on collision, the BCC becomes situational babyfaces when... Brian Danielson, your hero, the guy who stepped in, defended the company when he's not even 100%, Mm -hmm. gets his ass beaten by two people. It is impossible to not consider Brian Danielson a babyface in that context. Not only in the reality, but the fiction, because he's getting beaten up by two guys, then Moxley comes out for the save. That's babyface heel stuff, Mm -hmm. right? Fast forward to this week's Dynamite. There is such a thing as a situational baby face. Like and you can extrapolate that further if you're a fan of sports, because there's one player in your team who's a dickhead who the wider football fans don't like. We mm-hmm. at the minute we've got Anthony Gordon. He'll go twenty percent of me loves Anthony Gordon.
3: People don't love your ownership, I've noticed. Yes. Yeah. I'd say that's a big one at the moment.
1: Yeah. Not popular guys. No, no, no. You had Paolo Ducanio and a fascist, and you had a nonce as well. But also awful. Just glossing, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's just glossing that's it. Just, that's also know, awful. Bring it up that's so, uh, uh, so we've got Anthony Gordon. He's a winger. Soccer team. My Shut the f*** up. I'm trying <laughs> to fucking talk. So you've got Anthony Gordon, left winger, for our soccer team, Newcastle United, mm-hmm. and he'll go down at the slightest touch. He's one of those modern like wingers who will just draw fouls, draw fouls, draw fouls, and he'll get He'll, he'll progress the ball up the pitch, and he's got this attitude. And he's a, he's like a diver, but not a diver. Diving has become a technique now, mm-hmm, a tactic, mm-hmm. as opposed to like a cheat and whatever. So you can understand why in wrestling, a heel will get cheered by the hometown. Mm-hmm. He's He's my scumbag. Yes. yes. There's a big storyline about it. It's hot, hot, one of the hottest on the show, isn't it? So I can understand why the Cincy crowd are going to go Marv John Moxley. But that's not what this was. This was the building a storyline, one of several that the BCC are involved in variously, in which they are baby faces. And then how many segments? Between the opening match and this backstage thing, uh, just the uh, Roddy Strong with the Kingdom with Renee Paquette and the Don yeah. Callis thing. Like, what two minutes? Uh, five at most. Five minutes after they're the baby faces, not even in a situational way. Just I'm just I'm just deflecting that criticism. You are reminded that the gang that you like, who are getting beaten up unfairly by Big Bill and Ricky Starks maimed Ray Phoenix, tried to kill him and took him out of Wembley Stadium in a really bastard's trick, right? Yeah. Do I like them or not? Am I meant to like them or not? It's one thing week to week, and even then they're taking the pace. In the same show, within minutes of one another, you are asked to sympathize with them and get behind them as baby faces, and then five minutes later, you're reminded oh, the horrible people who did that horrible thing and tried to end Ray Phoenix's career. The man did a stretcher job. This is the first time you've seen him since he did a stretcher job and five minutes before he makes his triumphant return from doing a stretcher job, there should be a sanctity around that. Mm. You're asked to cheer for them five minutes before that. It's absolutely ridiculous. And what's worse here is that Claudio Castagnoli, right? Even if you're telling the slow burn story about how, and I think maybe even Hamlet's manifesting this one into existence where Claudio <laughs> and Uta are the bad eggs. and Danielson and Mox are like, the nicer blokes, the better. I think men. they're just
3: too beloved at this point. Yeah. As well. That's it. It's that's hard, hard to be. It's all
1: always been hard to be. I never yeah. wanted to jeer G- G- John Moxley. Ironically, I do now <laughs> because he's overexposed. So this all happens and you've got this completely wonky dynamic and the booking is absolutely convoluted and just generally bad, 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 bad and confusing. At this point, Claudio Castagnoli's backstage and Eddie's there and they do this thing. Like, Claudio Castagnoli saved the day <laughs> five minutes ago. Mm-hmm. And then five minutes after, he saves the day and saves the baby faces from getting their asses kicked. These things are meant to matter. Picks up the giant. Yeah, even though you see them every mm. single week. <sighs> Eddie Kingston is your ostensible folk hero, right? Doesn't mm. really feel that way anymore because they've done so much damage to him. He's your ostensible folk hero who is seven days away from... His final boss. And his final boss is a heel, right? His final boss is a heel. His final boss bailed on Kingston's biggest match of his life 10 years ago. He has treated him with pretty much disdain throughout his entire adventures in the converse, saying, you're not an athlete, you're not a real champion, you're lazy, blah, blah, blah. He's this sanctimonious dickhead, and you're meant to go for Eddie Kingston ahead of him. You baby-faced him five minutes. (laughs) before this terrible go-home angle that's overwhelmed by a million different things. Like, folk hero, seven days away from his final boss fight Mm -hmm. in AEW and his final boss does a babyface thing five minutes beforehand. I was absolutely like... I hate it. I only hate it because I've got so many standards for this company. And as I was saying, sorry, I will let you talk in a minute. I just need to get this one off. Even if Eddie Kingston reminds you again why Claudio's an arsehole on Saturday, like, it's still imperfect. Mm. It's still imperfect. You're still relying on this gifted orator to do the job of the booking when mm. the Buchan's kind of flying in the face of what the dynamics should be. I hate it so much, and I'm, at this point, it's, are they going to give him the way here from Eddie Kingston, Collision? We bloody better. Because mm. if they don't, this is pathetic. Like, he's the best promo, babyface, yeah. in the company as yeah. well on top of that. So as if he can't sell the fight, he's the one who should be able to do it. If they don't, and I still won't forgive them if they do, but if they don't have Eddie Kingston talking this up on Collision, I, 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 that for me is so symbolic of what's happening to this promotion because they used to score screamers, and now they can't even do open goal tappings
2: Yeah, well, how long? I was just, all I was gonna say was, how long have we been sitting here saying for the AW World Title? You know, give it, give it Kingston for a week, have him win it at Arthur Ashe, right? And then the next week, it's a different time, obviously. MJF gets it either back off him or wins it off him. He's at his moment, but he's not going to be a long-term champion like a Moxley or whoever it might be. Imagine if, let's just pick a name, when Chris Jericho is our sole champion, the week before Arthur Ashe, Eddie Kingston, crowning glory, Chris Jericho saved a family from a house fire or something. It doesn't work. You you have to have these... I know it's AW's... From the beginning, shades of
1: grey, but sometimes it has to be more binary than that. I need to start keeping it simple, stupid, in my
3: opinion. The phoenix element of it, it's such a shame as well, because it's not one of these things that you're always gifted the opportunity to do in wrestling. I love when, like, so you stretch it out, right? A, A big angle happens, a big attack happens, but then enough time passes or a character alignment shifts that when that character comes back to get the revenge, like, the heel is now a babyface, so the character searching for revenge that left as a babyface becomes a heel. That flipping of the alignments is really cool. Steve Austin injures Brian Pillman when Austin's a heel and Pillman's cheering for Bret Hart's return. He comes back in April. Steve Austin's the biggest babyface in wrestling, so Pillman becomes a heel. And then you're like, oh, yeah, but he did put him out of wrestling for six months, but no, I love him more now, so boo, it's yeah. great. Tony Khan's done it in three weeks. At the worst possible time, at Cedric's point, because of this, Kings, yeah. like the mess he's put, like he's put Phoenix into here with Kingston. Do that Phoenix thing in like six weeks. You've got John re reestablished as a fighting international champion. We're all going, uh, you know what? Fine. He's just defending the belt every week. You can't can't knock him. And then Phoenix just attacks him with a chair. What have you done that for? Oh yeah. Oh hmm. Yeah. Like, I didn't think about that. Yeah, you do owe him one. And but like Phoenix is the heel now, you know. And it, like that's how you play that match. And helpfully, it's different to. John Moxley versus the Luchadors because you've got a heel one versus doing the same template match that I'm not excited about for Grand Slam next week because I've seen so many versions of it of late. Yeah. It's not like what they're selling me course, was yeah. worth the sacrifice. On top
1: of the uh, Kingston Claudio thing, it, again, I want to reiterate, a Saturday thing will be a Hail Mary and not this really good, cool plan that has mm-hmm. really deepened my investment ahead of this. It would be a Hail Mary. Better late than never, I guess. You've stretchered Ray Phoenix. He's a former two-time AEW champion with the trios and the tag team. He's, like, forever over. He's just so exciting. He's part of the company's DNA. Mm-hmm. He's, like, a total fan favorite. You've stretched him. You've attacked him. What was it? with a screwdriver or a crowbar or something? Mm-hmm. Either way, you've ch- hospitalized this man, and he comes back and makes his grand return in a backstage segment where he shouts at someone and is held back, like, going to come out and kick someone's ass. Mm. Actually, no, he's back in collision. Didn't really do anything. He should be, <laughs> he should, he should, be he should be out for blood. Yeah, these are the basics. You can do as many, you know, bicycle kicks or like diagonal balls from one half into the next. <laughs> if you cannot play the simple passes, you're going to get absolutely. Blasted!
3: Mm.
1: You're gonna get turned over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I've got no, res- I've got no respect for Phoenix.
3: Ray Phoenix, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd I'd forgotten about the uh, collision return. He he missed one. He missed all in. That's what's happened. He, yeah, like, yeah, everything else was like, and that's enough to be angry. You re- you cost yeah. me Wembley, or whatever. But yeah, I mean he's been hospitalised.
1: As you said, like, drag out a little bit. Did Arthur Ashe need this match? No. There must be so the, the way I'm thinking of it now is that there must be some kind of... I don't know if it's like the promoter's instinct to just sort of put the security blanket on or, like, the, the, the risk-free approach or whatever, the foolproof plan. Right, we need was stars in matches, stars in matches, stars in matches. And it becomes uninspiring, but, like, reliable, I guess. Yeah. What's Moxley doing a Grand Slam against Phoenix? It's just not
0: Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com.
2: Right <laughs> before that, um, Rene Paquette was backstage with Grumpy Roderick's wrong and the kid. I'll take
1: the piss, he's too funny now. Yeah, too, too, <laughs> I'll tell you what,
2: I'll, I'll take that, especially because he's too patter. The, the, I laughed out loud whilst trying to just watch the show because my son was asleep on my chest. I went, you know, you got. Baby on your chest and any like big breaths, they go, like What's going on? Mm. I went like that <laughs> when he did the uh, oh, bloody hell, I've lost. <laughs> Spoiler alert, oh, I've lost to Samoa Joe. Oh, well, anyway, let's go to the back. There's Adam Cole. Oh, my f-ing neck. <laughs> <laughs> I popped for that. So, yeah, tell you what, Renee Paget is backstage with Roderick Strong in yeah, the yeah. kingdom. It's nice. Uh, but it and they're uh, talking up the match. Obviously, here comes Adam Cole says, Look, this is Rod, Roddy, this is a horrible idea. Joe could. Break your neck. Let's not forget what happened last time. Um, and, uh, and he's like, oh, suddenly you care, do you, Adam. Uh, I thought you only cared about Max. Uh, well, guess what? I'm going to beat Joe, and then I'm going to beat MJF because I'm
1: a wrestling legend. Love him. He's great. He's, he's unbelievable, Roddick Strong. I love him.
3: I'm going to bring this up now because otherwise we're positive about this segment, and it was really funny. Um, last week, me and Sidge suggested that, because Khan loves his spreadsheet so much, he should, like, maybe devise a macro that bans him from recycling something like, with a minimum of, like, what, a six-month window? Because yeah. he loves his little tropes that he goes to. and he I think Loves like, his little tropes. The specific example that Sid uses is like, you know what? Hands up. They've completely binned that one off. Was interview interruptions. And he's like, they're back. They're back with a vengeance. Like, so what's he binned off? It's like, uh, like has Gauntlet's gone into the, the <laughs> other tab now <laughs> yeah, or something? Yes. Or, what's, what, or Battle Royals. Battle Royals. I promise, no more Battle Royals for the rest of 2023. Well, I'm oh. having interruptions back then. <laughs> yeah. <Like they're laughs> Praise him for that
1: last week. So, oh, all right, we're doing this again. I <laughs> are doing this, this one. Again? Quite a few.
3: Uh,
2: then it was time for Don Callis to reveal his next masterpiece. Tony's in there with uh, with Don and, and Kenoshka Um uh, Don's talking about the fact they defeated Kenny Omega twice. He runs down all these Japanese legends that Takeshita is therefore better than. Um, Leaving a noki till the last was inspired. Mm. Didn't get the
3: heat though, did it? Did yeah. the, again, the quiet building. Very Very the, yeah.
2: Like. Says when you beat Omega once, you're the ace. When you beat Omega twice in seven days, they call you the alpha. I mean, the Tron's got the Alpha written on it, and the streamers and what have you. Um, which I uh, was a split second and I thought, did you know those streams were going to happen? Because he just sort of kept going, yeah, and they went off like a bit, a bit late. Uh, but yeah, he says everyone should call Takesh to the Alpha now going forward, not a fake Alpha like Chris Jericho was. Um, when uh, when you're the Alpha, Don says you take everything that can be taken, then you take some more. They've uh, broken Kenny Omega's body, now they're going to break his heart. And they reveal the next masterpiece. The next victim is Kota Ibushi. Um, And it's not just Kota Ibushi. It's Takeshita and Callis about to murder Kota Ibushi with a sword. Uh, They say they're going to destroy him, spill his blood in the ring, whilst Omega's at home, helpless, like a pathetic cock that he is. And Callis drives a screwdriver into uh, Kota's face in the painting. uh, Gives Takeshita flowers, who hoys him in the face of Tony Schiavone.
1: A lot of tremendous ideas here. A lot of tremendous ideas, and I'm going to labor on that word because that's ultimately what this was. I cannot get excited about a Kota Ibushi match in 2023. I can't. I don't want to be, you know, the worst people on wrestling Twitter, but give me a story. Like, (laughs) there is a story here, but I would think that a hot product with a still incredible condition Kota Ibushi all right I can infer everything I can absolutely Mm -hmm. infer that he's amazing because I'm watching him and he's amazing and these fans are going absolutely banana for him great I don't need to go on Google I don't need his Wikipedia page read out I am not a moron I'm fine with this Mm -hmm. it doesn't work as well when the heat isn't there and the work isn't there this Unbelievably easy and effective bit of storytelling that WWE, AEW should never have been criticized for, really. But he kind, of, he kind of has to do a bit of heavy lifting now. I don't know what this involves to get Kota Ibushi over in the AEW context. Yeah, he got a massive reaction of blood and guts, but when people saw that and remembered it, you didn't really get one at Wembley, and I know I was there. I sat there, and he just wasn't on the level of um, Omega and Hangman. Mm. So the idea that Kota Ibushi... He's a beloved icon. He's got this like really nice relationship with Omega. But let's face it, he's a wrestler. Most all of the appeal is the fact that he's incredible at wrestling, and that's not the case anymore. Um so it's always going to feel flat, even if the ambition's great, the detail work here is great. Um, and a bit of foreshadowing from Moxley, they said back in, I think it was what, April or May, we're gonna break Kenny Omega's heart. And that was there for a reason, and it's gone from the omega thing and uh, the to, uh, the callous turn now to the abushi that's been a big storyline theme mm-hmm. so they've picked that back up they've never left it i like so much about this i love the painting stuff like the screwdriver um there's so much to like about this but you just it's like that it's you know it's not gonna be that great so it's, it's hard to invest
3: yeah, what oh, pa- they... sorry,
1: one more thing. The parallels between the Japanese names and the Gotch and Hackenschmidt mm, is yeah. really nice. Yeah. Really, really nice.
3: I think what they think is the dream match, and this isn't just, like, applied to Takeshi Ribushi. There's been a lot of these this year. This
1: is a wrestle dream, surely, this.
3: Yeah, but, like, is it's no longer the dream match. There's not many left at, right now, and this was basically the equivalent. Like, Kassidji's right. There is loads of story of a fashion but there's nothing directly applied to this right, right now. This was kind of a very, very, very fancy and elaborate graphic drop. Yeah. But the graphic drop days are kind of over mm-hmm. because you feel like you've seen enough of the Dream Match stuff and you'd rather see some matches that have been built towards with the feeling that it's going to deliver on the promise. And, w- like, we had chats, plural chats, with people at Wembley in and around All In Weekend who were either asking us, what is the deal with the Ibushi? And then after the show... I don't get, I've seen him twice and I don't get what the buzz is. Yeah. Because in AW law, all you've had is this, yeah. Kota Ibushi. And look, illness and injury are what they are. But that's and all. time. And time. You know the whole thing? Like for years he kind of like defied age. And maybe everything has caught up with him at once and that's sad. And who knows, maybe like this will be the one where he proves everybody wrong and there's Kota Ibushi. But like we have already said that twice and it's not occurred. So now you have to like, you got to kind of fight from underneath with Kota Ibushi. Uh, I've booked Keshta to kill him. Like a Brody I, Lee Cody road squash, I would book it.
1: I wouldn't do a big squash because they want this to go long It's just w like. But a is so good at generating emotion. Like people love this man like a lot, and um, he's so good at like the spaces between moves. Like the idea of him being Murder Boy. I hate that expression, but when he goes to that place, the only person's allowed to go to that place <laughs> is actually Rishy. looks like
3: he's going to a place. as well Yes, he yeah.
1: looks like he's going to like nowhere, <laughs> nowhere except some weird psycho underneath the skin. And um, I think there's a good version of this physically broken down Ibushi, but they need desperately to show us that it's
3: possible. Really impressive, bold visual imagery from Don Callis. Like. He is welcoming people to think that this is going to be gruesome. Whatever happens, they've you know they've not knowingly oversold this. Mm. They want to deliver something big in the yeah. way that Cala described how this is going to play out. Then
2: we got the Blackpool Combat
3: Club stuff, mm.
2: but better news after that: Hooks backstage. Oh, right. that,
1: that makes it longer for Claudio to turn, change his mind about things. <laughs> after that, Renee's backstage with Hook,
2: uh, asking him how this title run feels different. Here comes Orange Cassidy. He's been walking around, and he saw Hook looking all mad. Why is he looking mad? He's got a title. I used to have a title, says Orange. Hook says, you're a great champion. OC says, thanks, man. You are too. Nice to force fist bump between the two of them. Hook leaves. Renee's like, are you all right? And he's just like, I'm just so tired. <laughs> I like this. Best
1: segment on the show. This is best of the best segment on the show. Best segment on the show. Like, putting them two together, you're like, oh, yeah. they're very similar. I like this. a great deal. Um, Orange Cassidy's pity party. Yeah. It's really funny. He's just a funny bloke. He's very, very clever with it. Like the idea of, like, Orange Cassidy, the guy who would just be late to the party, is now the one who doesn't want to leave. How does he keep finding these grey punchlines? Yeah.
3: He's amazing. He's a genius. He's the undertaker of people who actually liked him. Yeah. He's becoming like a locker room leader figure. He'll go up to Hook and actually, like, his advice and his endorsement is welcome because people respect him without being forced to yeah. by a megalomaniac boss. Like, he's, like, I want Orange Cassidy to do more of this. This feels like like they were hiding a real money character shift for Orange Cassidy in this segment. I want to see Orange Cassidy and Hook team up. That'll be, yes, that's what I was thinking. That'll be fun. But I think there's something bigger at play here. They can't. Is there any kind of pun you can think of? Uh, something to do with orange, because it hasn't. But we'll get there. But like. Uh, I'm sure you will. Yeah. Um, orange Cassidy can bleed. I don't know. Hook can bleed, and then you can have orange juice. I don't know. But like, they're going to be a tag team, and then. But it's not going to be the story. Like, Orange Cassidy, I think, is going to kind of like mope around. Like, that. He got every emotion out of a live crowd that were giving nobody anything. Mm. Like, there was a gasp, there was a pop. There was the sound effect that you would get on Saved by the Bell when a character ran into trouble. Uh, oh. I used to have a championship. And it was real. Like, studios would can that if they could. He's got the lot, but they can't put him against MJF right now. So it's like, how do you move him up without just having him run into a brick wall? And I think this character is the answer. I love this. He's, not, he's in a better position than Moxley. And he lost. Yeah. Then,
2: uh, continuing the law of the Fatal Four Ways, uh, it's Tony Storm, Nyla Rose, Britt Baker, and Nicaro Shida. See who goes to face uh, Soraya for the AEW Women's World title at Grand Slam. You can barely remember a single thing. <laughs> this is bad. I like the bit early on. Nyla Rose takes out Baker and Shida, and Storm's like, this is my moment, then. Yeah. <laughs> Poses.
1: Nyla Rose is like,
3: what do it." Just looks at her.
1: Is that one she sends her out the ring? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was
3: good. That was good. Uh, her, her baby face appeal was basically required to try and carry this entire yes. match. Yes. Basically. Uh,
2: she did a big dive onto the rest of them. Uh, to take us to a break. When we come back, um, Storm got dropped by Shida and there's a face-off between uh, Igara Shida and Britt Baker. It's the
3: scene around the Orton Royal Rumble spot. <sighs> no one wants to see this. Yeah, like you pointed out, like why is Shida angry uh, over her not like tagging it in in a trios match? This was it's preposterous. This was the opposite and also wrong. Yeah, like why is Britt Baker holding back in a four way where you've got to win the match? And then why would to be angry if she held back? Sheida was so absent during the wider outcast
1: storyline that, that I can there must have been about three times that they saved each other. Yeah. That's fine. They're, they're trying to sell me on this deep rooted friendship. That's ah, oh, god damn it, it's falling apart.
3: Yeah. You know what? I'm looking at my watch and it's
1: dinosaur, mate. She's
3: only in the lock jaw at Wembley. Yeah. She was willing to beat her there in another rich history forward. Now she wants super kicker. Crap. So uh, Rose takes... Shawn up-
1: Michaels booking this.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not a
2: draw. <laughs> Rose takes that storm with a beast bomb. <laughs> chokeslam to Baker. Sheena yeah. rolls through a beast bomb, though, and gets a two count. Uh, she hits the Katana neon Rose. Baker then hits her with a awkward-looking curb stomp. Uh, but Storm sees her opening. Schoolgirls Baker, one, two, three. It will be Tony Storm facing at Soraya um, at Grand Slam next week. Post-match. Swap the belt. <laughs> Sheida is furious at Baker, um, and Storm's just celebrating on the ramp. And we go backstage to Soraya and Ruby Soho, who sort of congratulate Tony Storm. Um, and she said, look, when she lost, but when she lost the, Soraya talks about her coming to the company, and then when Storm lost her women's title, she bloody lost her mind. She's going to lose at Grand Slam as well. You're going know, to have nothing left, basically.
3: Bad week. Um, loads of chemistry and timing issues in this four-way That in itself was a four-way, and they were trying to do that thing where they were trying to attach reason to it all. You know, all these women were involved in all of their individual title losses, and that's why this is happening. Oh, that's why this is happening. It's not just because you don't book or tell stories. The work wasn't great. Tony Storm's character was kind of dragged something out of this because people are so into it. There's your your next big baby face to the division. Great. Book this match next week. Uh, I'm with Sige. Flip the title, but they're also not going to do that. Soraya was.
2: She came out, just to clarify, because I've been out of this loop. Yeah. Tell you is she still part of the Outcast?
3: Well, this is it. She came She's out. She's not all the way out yet. Yeah, God Save the Queen. She's got rid of the green on her gear. People love her. She's been doing solo interviews. She sprayed Ruby Soho in the face with the green yeah. spray paint. And I yet. remember the bit with the mum with Soraya.
1: She's 99% out. Yeah. Right.
3: Um, I Soraya didn't feel like, and I don't totally blame her for this, because they didn't seem all that clear on that. Her promo felt like it was going off the rails a bit about how much she was or not with Tony Storm. So that wasn't particularly mm-hmm. great other than, you know, like, she, I guess she tried. Oh, it's been a year and you were champion last year. Now look what I've got. I've got your friends, I've got your belt, I've got everything. So that would say they're completely separated, yeah. but not. So it was all really mixed up. Even the attack, like Sheeda's attack on Baker, when it was even focused on by the camera, because that they couldn't make the mind up, looked rubbish. Like she looked like she couldn't remember if she was supposed to do the down tonight or save it till next week. It was a mess, this.
2: Well, before we move on, the game we have to play. We've mm-hmm. do do, uh, we forgotten. Do I do or no? Who's we? <laughs> well,
1: I don't think we ever pressed the button yeah, for this okay, one. Yeah, fair enough.
2: Well, what's, before we get to the name of the game, what's the aim of the game, Sergio? God damn, just
1: joshing with it. <laughs> <laughs> the aim of the game, uh, we did make a button for this, didn't we? But it was really long. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the aim of the game, hour, minute, second. When do you hear the first women's entrance theme note for the only match? It's only ever won. Well, and yeah. It, to be fair, it's our n- day. It only worked when they did it in the penultimate quarter hour. Well, to be fair, there was nothing it was the, else. The, the run. The, the it was sorry. Go on.
2: There's no, nothing else on this show that they could have caught and put another women's match. <laughs> so. No.
1: The running gag was. Well, it's going to be one hour f- thirty nine to forty two. <laughs> yeah. No, that's no one hour. It was also going to be one hour 24 twenty four yeah. to twenty five to get out of there by twenty two, so you can do the main event. And it was like ah. Oh, it was one hour 23, 24. Oh, man, I did one hour 23, 52. <laughs> so it doesn't work anymore because they're trying to be crafty. Yeah. <laughs> trying to be like a burglar with friggin' bricks on his f***ing <laughs> feet. So the idea is, oh, well, if we put it in like, you know, It's like an
3: NXT character, finished no notes. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's Brickfeet the burglar. <laughs> Johnny Brickfeet.
1: <laughs> so it doesn't work anymore that like they're trying to be crafty, but the aim of the game was to try and... Narrow down whether it's one hour, 24, or 20 freaking five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah. That's the aim of the game. I'm still going to play it because we want to bury these idiots. These apathetic, sexist, realistically. That's what it is. Is it the suits, though? <laughs> <laughs> Standards and practices. <laughs> the name of the game. The name <laughs> of the game. As well, this is late night, and I'm thinking, oh, what <laughs> a night
3: <laughs> did Metallica ever have like a suits era? Was it, like, other than like when they went, when they took Napster to the court? Like oh, did they ever bro, like? We didn't want to do
2: St. Anger, bro. <laughs>
3: and its anger practices.
1: The <laughs> they did um, some stuff with an orchestra at S and M.
3: Is strings
1: of Metallica or, or symphony and Metallica, right. whichever? Brilliant. Um, so that's, uh, that's that's the most formal. Yeah.
3: Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah, I never imagined them having that pivot point. Black you know, jeans, black t-shirts—that's
1: yeah. the boys. <laughs> I love the I love the Cliff Burton era of Metallica. It's legit go What
2: um, What were our timings that we picked for this uh, storied four way? R-
1: the rich legacy of this four way yeah. match. I think
3: think smashed it this week. I think.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think we were about an hour off. Yeah, it was. two seconds. In between my draft shopping list and the ladies' night time, I've drafted a tweet. Do you think that's funny? (laughs) I'm just saving it for a rainy day. It's funny. (laughs) Saving it for a rainy day. Okay, so in ascending order, (laughs) we had. Uh, Adam Wilborn, 1 hour, 16 minutes, 8 seconds. Near. Michael Hamflit, top of the hour. No, He's absolutely lost the plot. <laughs> 1 hour, 2 minutes flat. I wish it was instead of what we got. And your winner, no hours, 34 seconds, 18 seconds, 34 minutes. Swope, <laughs> swope. 34 minutes, 18 seconds.
3: Seconds
2: eight a second minute second now, row. I change the clocks. <laughs> yeah, chat uh, to The winner. <laughs> Shout out to Adam Blair at Adam Wilton 4 and uh, Jose Palomares at the Ho 11 who usually take care of the... Um, Data. Two months since we've done this. But uh, yeah, it was 30 minutes and 37 seconds. That puts Sige on eight correct guesses for the year. Hamlet on six, meat on four. four. More of this
3: again next week. Well, love Adam. that. Two months since we've done this, zero change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you could take a six-month break. Pick it right back up. Um, <laughs> ooh, I'm excited
2: to know your thoughts on this because it's one of the first things you mentioned when I got into work. It's time for the sex gods. I've done a lot of talking. I'm going to let you do the majority of the talking with this one. All right. Are your, I'll try your, not to go 11 minutes like they did. <laughs> Both of you, yeah, your words were ringing in my ears when I was watching this because I was like, I, kn- I know I'm kind of out of the loop with all this, but I really feel like I should be feeling
1: more. Yeah, I really feel like this sucks. <laughs> yeah. And I was like,
2: because they had the video package, and they had and I was like, I'm, I'm, I, was, I was like you. If I wasn't watching it on my phone already, I'd be... Looking at something else on my yeah,
1: phone. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I might have to start watching the show on my phone. It rinses my battery and I've got Fight the app on my TV. So, why would I? I might have to.
2: So, yeah, Jericho and Guevara come out. Um, they talk about being together since day one of AEW. There's a video package, which I thought initially, I said this to you, I thought, ah, I see what they've done here. He's going to throw to a video package, which kind of subtly implies Guevara wouldn't have done anything without me. But it wasn't, it was just. Nice moments. Between, clips. Yeah, yeah, between the two
3: of them. And Garaz- it's weird,
1: there were some clips of them, like, falling out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a full and frank, like, video package Does of that their entire rivalry, of that rivalry that they then me. spoke about anyway.
2: Yeah. I love that. And, like, uh, well, here's how you and your missus got together. Yeah. And
1: then he also includes some arguments. Right <laughs> in, like, writing like uh, you know, a 10-year anniversary card. Yeah. yeah. They go, you have a me Freaking forget <laughs> that time on our first wedding anniversary we went to london and we got pumped four nil off southampton and i spent about a good hour and a half of the saturday night on anniversary weekend refreshing pbc news just to make sure that alan pardy had been sacked and i was she's uh, just never let me forget that why, why would i write that in the card though and oh, then again why would i bring it up
3: Cedric just recited his entire vow renewal For like the 20 year anniversary <laughs> Remember that Anyway I love you Married again Here's <laughs> a new ring See you later Put the phone away We weren't at the
1: Chinese restaurant It was just <laughs> When well, we were waiting to go for the Chinese We are in a John Smith's pub if it was
2: going to happen It felt like That would have been, been the time I understand that was
1: disaster
2: So Guevara um, Confessed He still didn't know the words To,
3: to Judas uh, mm. J- Jericho. <laughs> Jericho Don't know the key either you all want to talk, about I've heard you sing live now, allegedly. <laughs> well, talk live.
2: He talks on his way to the ring, the words to Judas. Uh, Jericho talks about uh, calling TK when he first saw Sammy Guevara wrestle in the NWA um, and he wanted to teach him everything that he
3: could. <laughs> I want Sammy Guevara and I want Tyrus. I'm going to give you one of them, Chris. <laughs> See, see uh, I want him for my heat. Yeah.
2: See, uh, Chris Masters' uh, tweet, by the way. No, oh, that's
1: an, an all caps delight. Agree. No sure. like someone can just deploy all caps to finish someone. Oh, that was great. Uh, I I saw it as like it, you know, and it's not just oh
2: here's the tweet. Someone's like written the tweet out and put a photo with it. Whoever did that deserves deserves all the flowers because they've, they've picked the perfect... I'll show you in a minute. Right. Uh, so he said he's seen Jericho go from a boy to a man and now he got married and he's going to have a baby. Right, word to the wise. Don't say he's going to be having a baby. Okay, I think Tay's going to be doing most of the work on that one. Um, but Guevara doesn't want to do any of the usual trash talking. He just wants to say thank you for changing his life. Uh, without Chris Jericho, there's no AEW. Uh, but Guevara says, I didn't come to AEW just to be a sidekick. I came for the fans to view, view me like Moxley, Danielson uh, and yourself. Um, and that will never happen as long as I'm a sidekick, so that's why I've got to beat you next week. Uh, Jericho says, you were never brought in to be a sidekick. You were brought in to be a money-making draw and a main event player. Um, That is why I told you and and Daniel Garcia, you need to break off from me to accomplish what you're capable of. Um, I know you need to beat me, but you're not ready. Um, Guevara said, look, you might think that the boy you first saw wrestle might not be able to beat you, but the man I've become will. Um, once I beat you, then we can go on and win the tag titles. They shake hands, they do the classic, pull them in close. Um, Jericho says, "I don't, won't, I won't go easy on you. Uh, I'm going to beat the hell out of you." And uh, expect the same thing from Guevara, who doesn't want it any other way.
3: What a boring and deflating waste of time this was. Jericho'll always get you. you. Either back him or you bury him. And I'll do the bloody opposite. I backed him yesterday. Yeah, and I got served for it. This was so frustrating. In not just how much of a waste of time it was, I timed it eleven minutes of television time, which we know is a premium on dynamite. Uh, it laid out beat for beat in a way that I don't even think WWE would be so egregious in its in their exposition. That not only did a video package do the job of, but basically four years of television time did because this didn't add any new information. No, this didn't. Th- this was the opposite of character development because both of them kind of regressed a little bit into just repeating what we've seen over and over again. There have been better developments when Sammy Guevara has been forced to make a choice. Is he with Jericho? Is he not? There have been better developments when Chris Jericho has turned babyface or heel during his AEW lifespan compared to the zero there was here. The evidence of that, rather than I'm just, you know, you can like what you like, the evidence of that for me was Chris Jericho believed that he had this incredible big climax of a closing line of how I'm going to punch you in the face so goddamn hard or whatever the line was. And it was like, in that moment, because the heel and baby face dynamics are skewed, and it's not the first time I've said that on the show, but it is skewed here because of everything that Jericho's wasting his time with Callis, that he believed, right, this is either going to get cheers or booze, but it's going to get, like, gasps. How dare he say that to this, like, figure that's kind of like, he's been like a father figure Mm. to him. Nobody reacted to any of it. There were no cheers, there were no boos. there was no noise. So people, that's a direct response from your live audience on that night, that they are simply not bothered if he punches him in the face as hard as he's ever done. And worse still, this could just be me projecting certain dislikes of Chris Jericho's style that I have. I felt like here, in the way that Jericho was dressed, in the way that he was quite shambling, and he went like, he was kind of like tripping over himself a little bit, I think that was Chris Jericho doing some acting. He came out. If you look at the... Ju- if you watch the entrance back, right, when it did the Judas thing, which, by the way, it's not very loud because now it was loud in the building. So a lot of the time, Jericho sat there doing his, like, oh, these guys, eh? And it, mm. what? What are they doing, Chris? Because they're not singing, right? And then they did come around oh, with oh, a shot yeah. <laughs> Judas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? All oh, my friends are just there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, so they did come around for the end for the last bit when they turn the music off. That's always effective. And then, like, he's, like, trying to pull this face. He's like, oh, God, I can't believe we're still here. What a, what a crazy ride this has been, eh? Yeah. Cra- <laughs> crazy world of pro wrestling. Like, What a long, strange trip it's been. Yeah. Hey,
1: hey, I think I just made that up.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of the last guy to tell you Panda had sucked ass. Like, the, it was all that sort of stuff. Yeah. It was, like, it was him trying to be, like, almost too earnest. You can't get Festival of Friendship Chris tonight because this is it's too real, if anything. I can't wear my flashy jacket. It's not tonight. This is a real, what you've seen before. What you've seen before is fake bro, this is real. I've been dealing with the bull politics of Jake Hager. And believe me, those politics are bull yes. <laughs> like, um, like, yeah, he was trying to like lay on really thick. how was serious, so that explains why he was like tripping over his words apart from the pregnancy line, which was this really weird, like, <laughs> overcorrection on Jericho's yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what, how's it work again? <laughs> uh, I was uh, I kind of on the road for all my kids being boy. Yeah, I got confused in 2020. <laughs> 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 well, I was kind of the last guys to miss all the children's birds. Uh, so, yeah, I think that was what he was trying to do, and that explained why he was so shambling and long and monotone. Crowd didn't feel any of that. No. And nor Splashes did I. does not feel big. This was the sales pitch. This was the hard... Like, I thought... I'll give this Dynamite credit, right? We've been pretty critical. This was a hard sell for Grand Slam. But what they were were selling was kind of lame. Yeah. So, like, you're not selling a particularly hot card, but they spent two hours having to try and tell you that it is. Mm. And this was the most egregious example of this. A waste of time.
1: A complete waste of time. I'll I'll try and keep my thoughts brief. Um, Like... He's God just showing him the tyrant, the <laughs> burial of tyrants. <laughs> it's fantastic! He well, can't move. Well play Chris Masters. <laughs> Resign, Chris Masters. Yeah.
2: Well, a legend.
1: Um, I well I, right. A lot of people on Twitter have been having a lot of fun with the fact that there are distinct parallels between this dynamic and MGF and Adam Cole. Yeah. And people and I pointed out that I oh, you know isn't it weird how the JAS are disbanding and there is internal conflict within the JAS like just as the Bloodline stuff was really starting to get, like, hot again and all the rest of it. Look, they've been telling this story for longer than Adam Cole was in the company, so let's not be that, like, critical of Mm. it on those Mm. terms, but the timing's suspicious. (laughs) And the content is suspicious as well. Like, them doing the whole friends fighting thing. Oh, that's hot now, is it? All right, I'll do that. I'll Jericho. (laughs) 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 And, like, the... Banter between them where it's like, you know, sometimes I don't know whether to punch you, or put my arm around your thing. And it was done to a much greater effect two, two months ago, Chris. And <laughs> the idea of like the, hey, you know, I don't know the words to Judas. <laughs> <laughs> like, MJF and Cole perfected wrestling banter between mates in the wrestling portion of the first five minutes of their match. This was just like, they didn't have any chemistry here, which yeah. is so weird because that's why this thing exists in the first place. When they were first, like... Remember that, remember, ugh, remember, when they done that first promo as the Inner Circle? Week two, Dynamite. And it's like, okay, don't know if I buy these guys hanging out in real life, but let's go. And then Jericho just made a great. Unreal stuff. Unreal stuff. And then... The Jericho Guevara became the integral yes. thing behind the inner circle and they kissed him on the cheek. It's like, they're mates. That's mentor, protégé. I buy this. Great. I'm... Sell it to me. I'm buying it. How did they not have no chemistry here? Was it because they're trying to really force, hey, hey, Sammy, Sam, friendship's in now. Friendship is new, re- new in wrestling. Let's do this. And it just felt really forced. Yeah, like Impossibly forced when they act- actually have chemistry. Um, I don't care about this match. I've been pretty critical or certainly nice
3: chris jericho's hair
1: looked lovely
3: <laughs> where was this all in
1: yeah i felt guilty watching this because i said on the preview yesterday i feel bad for these two that they've tried to tell the story mm. for four years and it's no one cares it's like oh, four years and no one cares and ultimately as i'm now thinking you just dawdle for a long time can you not know, just got to the point mm. A lot quicker. Kind of the JAS thing, a total waste of time, realistically. Yeah, it was exactly it was. Like, do the, this in
3: year two. The BCC were no better off for that long yeah. feud, or the Kingston wasn't. Like, I again, I'm saying this, I'm sounding like I'm back in Jericho. They'll probably get them next week, you know. I don't think they will. In the match, I saw their
1: exchanges in that Jericho, Takeshda, Garcia, Guevara tag, and my God, watching Jericho, like, and I, I get it. He was never fast. Mm. he can work around never being fast. Watching him sort of jog underneath the jer- uh, the Guevara leapfrog backflip drop kick was oh my god that's so fake. That, that he'll have to bust his lip, yeah, to get any heat out of this for me because I don't think that I, I've got no hope, no faith in this match. Don't think it
2: helped that it was immediately followed by MJF. Uh, well, a clip of MJF at least. He was being told he can't travel due to neck injuries. Uh, he's going to have to have a week off, and he's absolutely buzzing about this. Um, but he uh, he talks about the fact that he already anticipates there's going to be two talents that he thinks are going to make it through to the finals. Roddy the Simp Strong that's faking a neck injury, uh, and if Strong makes it through, he's going to rip his head off and stick a straight up his ass. Um, he says uh, Strong's a wet blanket and a third wheel. Shake it off, bitch. Um, and as for Joe, he's not afraid of him. Um, pray to God, Joe, you don't win, because uh, if, you rest, if you rest on me, I'm going to choke you out. Promise th- he promises it on his life. Uh, get it through your thick, fat skull. <laughs> uh, and he's done some simple math from Joe, and
1: then he did the this, Steiner this Math promo. I have to say, uh, when, he, yeah. when he started doing the Steiner Math promo, my immediate gut response was, didn't this get memed to death earlier this year? Wasn't there a mm. few examples? Yeah. Where Someone did it, yeah. My... Gut instinct was, I'm oh, sure I've seen this done.
3: Somebody said, oh, that's going to spell disaster for you, at sacrifice. Yeah. They used that line of it or something like that, didn't they, like, towards Joe? Or something like that, like, to, they kept that bit of it I completely just, intact. For whatever endless. reason,
1: I remember someone, and then maybe one or two people referencing it earlier this year, and I thought, oh, damn Jeff's doing that. And then, within seconds, I was, like, lulled to that screen. This is when I put the phone down, like, is he going to do it one take? immaculately. He's doing it, he's doing it, he's doing it. How? The verbal dexterity was so accomplished here. Like, it wasn't one of his funniest promos. I don't think it'll be one of his most effective promos in selling tickets for this match. He obviously did that stuff last week. But in terms of the technical art of cutting a promo, pure technique, there was no emotion really in this. It wasn't. It's not going to be iconic. In terms of pure technique of how to talk, this was incredible.
3: Yeah. Like a, yeah, like a truly fantastic line read. Yeah. A very believable actor's line read from an industry that doesn't have many great real actors. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I know what you mean. This is not, you don't put this in the elite MJF promos, but some people will. Some people think because he's done a thing oh, the te- the from tech the tech past... Yeah, like, I, it was so great to watch him do that more than it was listen to the material and where he tweaked it to and make you think it Do you he already did sense. it? He's already done his big sell go-home promo. Maybe he could have swapped the weeks around or something. It kind of, I found myself forgiving what I typically wouldn't, which was that it's kind of dumb to do this and say, well, I think these two guys will probably make the final. The tournament hadn't even started when he was cutting this promo. <laughs> True. But, like, I've just sort of forgave that. But, like, that's pretty lousy, that. I mean, to, to be f- fair, when I saw the brackets, I knew exactly what the final was going to be. Yeah, yeah everybody meant to not think yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like, people rip the piss out of Tony Khan's tournaments, don't they? Like, an MJF. That'd just be did. so good. Tony Khan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, when people, like, people don't know how to take the piss out of them. But you know, like, there's actual deranged people who can't sanction the idea. AW. Tiny Khan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony Khan? Yeah. People just think you're speaking more in Geordie there. No one can... Listeners, please don't popularize that. Because it might get over. Billionaire takes enough abuse.
2: (laughs) Page versus Cage 3 was next. uh, With Prince Nana being the best version of
3: himself.
2: (laughs) I said to him this morning, I mean, it's probably going to be my first night out anyway, but... Why isn't it already the What Culture Christmas Party? Because we're breaking that dance out. Got the Garcia, Garcia dance. Garcia, that dance.
1: Nana. Who else?
2: Because any
3: look, the Swerve theme might be on the like the rafts. rafts. Imagine that blasting it through a juke and getting yeah. to get it in a pub. You
2: have got Judas <laughs> on. He,
3: locals name. will love that. <laughs>
2: You've got Judas to throw it away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they have turned <laughs> songs off that we've put on in that box before. Yes, different reasons. Um, Pedro's is Gage. They do love
3: Christmas music in July in there.
2: Nope. <laughs> Sometimes December.
3: Page's first singles match in seven months, I saw. Bloody hell. On I Dynamite, I mean. As on D- as he was. Yeah, they are similar stat about the Young Bucks, didn't they, when they went back into back into the tag division? Yeah. The Young Bucks are stepping down back into the tag <laughs> ranks, guys. Same <laughs> sort of thing. Mm.
2: So, Brian Cage, quite a, quite a strong bloke. He used that to his advantage early on. Um, Page wanted a slingshot dive after he sent Brian Cage to the outside, but he could, got caught uh posted but uh, page uh, later on reversed a powerbomb into a hurricane runner and posted cage page after we come back from the break wants the book shot, but here comes swerve strickland um enough to distract I oh, know this is the takes of the break it's enough to distract cage and tra- Paige page to distract Paige, so cage could hit a huge german suplex from the apron back into the ring oh
3: my god
2: every time he does oh it oh my
3: god
1: it looks so goddamn great
2: uh <laughs> cage rolls out to the floor page hits his moonsaults, um, he finally he's been trying this for a while finally managed to hit a top rope crossbody, but but uh, Cage kicked out hit a release German wanted an outside in suplex but Page swept his legs went for a bookshop but Cage counted into a sort of F5 attempt which Page counted into a small package
1: great yeah. spot building off the last match yeah. really clever
2: Page snaps back up drops Cage with a dead eye one two three uh, grabs a microphone and says last week Swerve you wanted my spot uh, but you sent Brian Cage down to fight me instead um, I thought you had Walt. Uh, quick, clearly, <laughs> clearly, you're keeping them in Prince Nana's Burger King crown. Um, Strickland's like us oh, oh, he's what up, to, her. Sorry, where's my manners? Uh, they sound like fighting words. But uh, you're dumber than the Cincinnati education system. If you think tonight's fight night, um, I pick where I pick when and where we're gonna have a fight. It's gonna be Wrestle Dream in my hometown. Uh, but the mogul embassy gonna tune you up before them. Brian Cage sneak attacks him. Prince Nana. Does the dance. But here come the Young Bucks. Super kick Brian Cage. Prince Nana keeps doing the dance for quite a long time until he turns around and goes, what's going on? Gets super kicked by the uh, Young Bucks and they stand tall with Hangman Page.
3: This got there uh, and it really did border on great, but for like such a short amount of time. Yeah. You're talking like a minute and a half where it did feel great, but it was very treacly. Four and a quarter star on Tomorrow's Observer. Yeah. (laughs) Very treacly on the road to That. that Truthfully, like, I couldn't quite work out. Like, this was that Just Believe thing. I'm almost, like, rooting for the rest. Come on. Get get good. Yeah. Get, you've got so much, like, spring in your step. Where is it? And it just... I thought
2: um, Hangman Page had done his tit. You know, like, Cody's tit. Yes, it, yeah. yeah. Like, so it was the, the face stuff, wasn't it, for Cage? The Terminator... Was that yeah. what it really was that it did it?
1: Because I suddenly went, what's going on there? Because he's like, like a dark scar, a dark mark on it. I him. thought, all right, he's got a bruised tip. That's why he hasn't been wrestling that much. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but it, there was a bit of feeling like, oh, these must be working hurt because there was a lack of pace and zip to it. that they've. Because there's massive guys that have got that, and that's one of the many things that's so appealing about these two as a pairing. And it just only really... Revealed itself in like the last minute, like the reversal sequence was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. Brian Cage's ability to avoid and like having the knowledge to avoid the book shot that gets you to the finish—that that was a thread throughout the whole match. Lovely so, bit of chess from Hanger. Yeah, and so I like really appreciate that. It didn't. This didn't have the like sizzle of the. I know it's like week two of the story. And last week was like kind of this out of nowhere. Finally, he's putting the stars together. Fantastic. So it was never going to feel as hot as last week, but it it wasn't like I don't know this like really popping development to carry the story on. It was just an, it was a necessary thing, and I think felt that would have felt more in place in like week three and week four. I still wanted a bit more bite mm. than I got this week, and you know like it's going to be the young bucks and Hangman probably against the mogul embassy, and there's another there's like tag spin-offs you can do and. I don't know they might fold some elite law into this with Paige in the books, so that yeah, like I didn't expect the books to be folded in there. That's pretty cool, but I don't know, the match wasn't, didn't quite live up to expectations till the very, very end. Just getting my phone out for noted WWE Raw
1: super fan Michael Hamflet, who has watched and enjoyed six months worth of Judgment Day tag team <laughs> main events. Want some more bite? Difference between Want stars and d- mid-carders. Want some like more
3: bite? A bite? Just written it down. Just to what about wrestling? I'll, yeah, it, I'll sh- bite alright when you attack the Fed. It's, uh, it's, uh, I'll uh, bite like a bully XL. It's, um, just to you got to feel, you got to feel passion for <laughs> the people in front of you. In all seriousness, we've had very, very dry debates, me and Sidge, over this. I like more wrestlers on the WWE roster. More presented to me. It's not, I appreciate the AEW on its best day can tell a much better story than WWE. A long-term one Thank as well. Thank you. But there are way more, way more wrestlers, like, on a on an average Raw, that I actually care about seeing. There are way more that I would want to go to a show to see, come out and say their things and wrestle their matches, even when the matches get dull. And the match, say when it got dull here, I'm simply, the Judgment Day a good example, I'm simply more interested in what Dominant Mysterio is up to than Hangman Page and Brian Cage. Mm. I am. And that's through how they've been featured and how they've been used. And, like, and that then there's more than one example for that as well. Mm. It won't take long though. Like Paige feels like he's on the way back through this programme with Swerve. We'll see. I like the six one nine, him flubbing it and then going, Well Oh
1: yeah, I forgot. I didn't yeah, know I knew how to do that. Sort <laughs> of thing. Uh, that was great. Yeah, the chess stuff from Paige later on was great. Um but Aye. I took a while to get there. And you think if you transplant move for move this match into a hotter product in front of an intimate throbbing crowd, mm. Is it just much better? Possibly, maybe. Uh, well, we we're just doing the
2: Prince Nana dance. Now we get to do the Daniel Garcia dance. Should we should put this podcast on video, really?
3: Um, Could you remember the four times we went viral? Because I can't.
2: It went viral four times last month. Um, I, can't. I think there was, there was the clip. I, I saw the clip of him getting eliminated from a battle royal and just walking dancing up the ramp. And an uh, American football team scored. A, I'd seen that yeah. one. Yeah, the guy doing that. He's just—he's—he's he's always viral
3: for me.
1: He's always viral for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's such a sexy person.
3: He's a great example. He's so sexy, to Daniel Garcia. The, to the point, says just made to bury me. The, there's loads more people on WWE that I'm interested in, Daniel Garcia, right now because they've okay. phased back how much I'm supposed to care about him. Mm-hmm. Like they it was interesting that Jericho brought him up. We didn't talk about that. Like Jericho mentioned him and Guevara uh, in the same breath. Like you too, yeah. Got Jay Hager, have you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> need, need to get your act together. It's like, oh yeah, that's what you told us. And then before you just pop Jake Hager, the, the subtext of him saying
1: that is you could you can make
3: something of yourselves. <laughs> that
1: useless lump.
3: I'm stuck with him. <laughs>
1: that useless tosser Hager knows
3: his role. Yeah. Bail me out of that thing that time that he talked about on camera once. Yeah. Like that's why he's my brutalist beefcake. Basically, mm-hmm. I got really drunk, made a spectacle of myself, almost got shinned.
1: Or worse. <laughs> and Hager, you can do nothing right, Jake. <laughs> He can bail Chris Jericho out of trouble in 2009.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, uh, Don Callis wants wants Garcia to join him, basically. Uh, And uh, he's trying to create a meritocracy. Garcia's like, shut up, does the dance and walks off. And Don's like, money. chases after him.
3: Utopian meritocracy feels like the exact phrasing with which we apply to a Rankings-era AEW. Yes. Just, Just putting that out there. Not there anymore. Thanks, Don. Thanks for subscribing.
2: Uh, Jade Cargill's back. She returned on collision. <laughs> she uh, saved Chris Statlander from a post-match attack from the Renegade Twins. And then she attacked Statlander. And now she is going to have a rematch. Chris Statlander versus Jade Cargill for the TBS Championship. On Rampage.
0: She's going to the Fed.
2: Looks that way. That way, I said we said this on the news, Phil. It's like uh, great reporting, fight select Sean Ross, saps, sources, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I was like, You don't need any sources for this, Sean. All you need to know is that they've gone, which show should we put the big title rematch on? Uh, the one that no one watches, let's we'll put it on rampage. It,
1: it, the, the, like, it, it's basically, I knew something it on. was amiss, but I didn't know exactly what was happening. Um, uh, Jay Cargill, WWE, what a great move! What a yeah. great, yeah, absolute suits everyone. AW didn't care enough to put her against stars, or the stars didn't want to work her, whichever way around that went. um, Like, it, the this is a proper, actual wrestling thing that used to happen and should happen more often. Like, someone got called in a the territory, there's a different territory that mm-hmm. could really do something with that person, go to that other territory. I would love some... I tell you what, right, when a lot of people in... 2022 was it early 2022 when Cody jumped? Everyone was like, "More of this from AEW." And at the time, I have to be realistic. I was a baby. Went, "Let's not go nuts." <laughs> I want to see them booked well. But now, yeah, now maybe if they are going to lose, they need a kick in the freaking ass. Mm. AEW, need a kick in the ass, and start listening. Get your head out the sand and realize that changes are needed to your product. Mm-hmm. Maybe if there's an exodus of sorts, or more people are doing this.
3: Who knows? Could be Ricky Starks next. That was a big rumor, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, I I'm excited for this. I'm really excited for this. Does she does feel like a natural fit, doesn't she? As well, like there and AEW, there'll be an element of like, oh, but like AEW did so much with it, now WWE are going to get the benefit. Well, that's only half the story, isn't it? That's only half the story. You know,
2: so she could be a big star on NXT, and now the big show for WWE,
1: of course, doing over a million viewers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I will say this. I don't really like his... <laughs> tribal chief. I'm scared of the... <laughs> tribal chief. <laughs> I like his modern performances. I don't like really his booking. I understand that it's the biggest thing in wrestling and has been in years. I personally do not like it. Having said that, if you can get the old vintage Heyman, put the ECW hat back on him, and say, accentuate the positives and how the negatives of Jade Cargill mm-hmm. map out the next year of her TV, go, at the, if I was in charge... That's exactly what
3: I would do. Other than Heyman's history for that. So can I suggest she taps out 80 people, 80 weeks in a row in 10 second contests? Yes. But yes. I, yeah. I, I, With a filter. Yeah.
2: I, I apologize Sam Miller. I accidentally attributed the booking to you because you told me about it this morning. What, what, what did he suggest? What goated
3: pitch from Miller, this is. She is revealed as the trade compensation that Cody arranged. Like to go to SmackDown. What, what like, a star debut. SmackDown's potentially going to move network soon. Endorsement. Huge endorsement from Cody Rhodes, where there is backstory between the mm. two of them. There's history already there. There's a, a dream match that we can maybe get back mm. to if you assign somebody else that Cody's got a history with and a present yeah. with, in fact, actually. Uh, I, I, that's a, like that's one of what you'll see now, if this gets confirmed, one of loads of pictures for Jade Cargill, because there are tons of cool mm-hmm. ways to bring her in. Uh, Darby
2: Allin Nick Wayne versus uh, Matt Sca- Menard. Yeah. <baskets>. Don't be honest, Nick Wayne won. Because, uh, obviously, they did. I so liked the stereo coffin drop moonsault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Daddy Magic got some chance in there. Love the guys, but this was a pointless match, just so Christian Cage and Luchasaurus could come out, go on commentary, badmouth them, and then post-match, Cage could get on the mic and say, well, oh, impressive win. Um, so, talk about <laughs> Nick Wayne's mom's Instagram account, saying she's, he's disappointed she doesn't post any more bikini pictures. Uh, He's pissed off about their win. Uh, Sting and Darby Allens win at All In. Um, But it's not as embarrassing as the Bengals into the Browns. Um, And (laughs) (laughs) Um, he challenges them to a tag match next week
3: against himself and Luchasaurus. Aye, this was a waste of time. AW are not paying stuff off, and it's annoying. Christian and uh, Swerve lost a coffin match at Wembley. Luchasaurus slash Christian... Retain the TNT title against Darby Allin. Those are two separate payoffs to this story, and yet on we go. This is happening a lot, and it's part of the reason why so many of the stories don't feel as heated as they used to because, like, that's what we say about the table setting episodes. It was because there was consequences at the pay per views. It was like, well, there has to be new stuff because you paid for the old stuff and it's finished. You're yeah. going to start new mm. things. There, this has been, like, such a problem this year. That lack of feeling like things can just end definitively. And, like, this will end at Wrestle Dream, but it could have and should have ended. Beforehand, he's yeah, just going over it's the, the same, same Seattle in it. So at least like with the Moxley stuff, we're critical over John Moxley, at, like, but him and Orange Cassidy, like Orange Cassidy especially, has had to go off in a new direction mm. as a result of something that happened to him. Like you're not feeling that with these characters. I think Darby should do should be both TNT champions in Seattle.
1: Yeah, For Grand Slam
3: wins about belt. Wins a belt.
1: It loses it. I don't know Wardlow next month, <laughs> somewhere or <right> other. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Uh, main event time, Samoa Joe, Roderick Strong, the Grand Slam World Title Eliminator Final to see who faces MJF next week at Grand Slam. Of course, uh, Samoa Joe continually in the early stages getting the better of Roddy Strong. Strong having to bail to the outside with his mates from the kingdom. Um, he tried to do a chop battle, <laughs> did poor Roderick. Um, but uh, Joe just headbutted him and battered him, taking him to the break. Uh, when we come back, Strong manages to ground Joe with a series of strikes and hit a missile drop kick. Goes to the pin, one count. <laughs> um, Joe easily gets uh, avoids the stronghold. Um, hits a vicious-looking urinagi in the corner. Um, Bennett, Mike Bennett, tries to sidetrack Joe. Um, when he's going for a muscle buster, that allows Strong to hit in a, a big angle slam for a two count. He uh, jumps for a knee strike, but Joe just nailed him with a lariat, put him in the coquina clutch. Strong tapped. Samoa Joe wins. He will face MJF next week. Uh, at Grand Slam for the world title. Post-match, the Kingdom are checking on Roddy. Um, Strong grabs the mic, sorry, Joe grabs the microphone, says, my prophecy's come true. Um, I'm coming to your backyard, MJF, to come for you, beat you up and take everything you've got. Called him a kid again. He's going to take everything from MJF. He walks off. Um, The Kingdom is just checking how Roderick is. He's getting up. His neck's hurting, but he's he's all right to make it. Take himself to the back. Adam Cole comes out at the moment. Strong, <laughs> strong sees him. He, in the words of my dad, watching watching a dodgy footballer goes down in installments. <laughs> oh bloody hell! Falls over, He's clutching his neck. He needs a, he needs the he needs to get stretchered out of there. Um, the, the Kingdom lads are all completely, you know. Oh god, everyone check on him. mate. don't do, don't move him too quickly. That sort of thing. Uh, they put him in a neck brace. Yeah, they stretcher him out. Um, what was it, Roddy Strong <laughs> Strong was yelling?
3: Adam, Adam, I can't see you.
2: <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, there's an argument between Bennett and Taven, obviously like, why aren't you here for your mate? Um, and they, they go down the like little side bit next to the ramp whilst Cole walks it up and just is, is going back and forth with them and checking on Roddy Strong. And then suddenly out of nowhere, Samoa Joe comes back out and chokes out Adam Cole um, and screams down the camera lanes that
1: he's going to take everything from MJF next week. I saw loads of praise directed at this main event and I just didn't get it. Like I don't think it was particularly dramatic. I think Joe going through a commercial break, it can take a lot of time for me to get back into it because he does do a lot of methodical stuff now. He works around his physical limitations, I guess you can call them. Um I've seen a lot of Joe matches in the past however many weeks. Um and a lot of them follow that exact same structure. Mgf Joe will be great, I think, but I just thought oh, no, I didn't really do a great deal for me. And they're bloody grafted, they hit each other bloody hard, <laughs> but structurally, um, I just don't think it was particularly inspiring or electrifying. And because that like, they did a decent job by AEW by Tony Khan standards <coughs> by Tony. <laughs> <laughs> Corny Can standards did a better job of <laughs> telegraphing the life out of this tournament. But that came at the expense of building two viable heel challenges to the babyface MGF. It was an all-heel match. No, a lot of it was just there for me. Yeah. It was in my face, but I was still just watching it. it was an
2: all-heel match where you felt really sorry for the underdog, weirdly.
3: I died, uh, yeah, it was just...
1: People love this. All like, of
3: it was only all right, including yeah. the angle. I would say I wouldn't even say it's like the hottest week for the story, funny bits and that. It's Roddy Strong doing this bit, isn't it? But like, all of it was only okay. I got the idea of the finish, which was that Smojo can just turn your lights out between the clothesline and the Kikina clutch. M. Jeff could be in trouble. Yeah, so I like that element of it. But yeah, they've assembled it, something. Aye, and all the attendant ex- excitement. Yeah, that's basics, I suppose. Which is what we started this podcast asking for. Aye, Tony. Candids and practices <laughs> <laughs> so you did that yeah bless him, but I I'm not I'm with you I uh, like I was surprised that the I think people really want to still love these two men yeah Joe, Joe I'm seeing this from I get why you would love this current Joe run like watch the matches he's not he's not back or anything there's just some little sprinklings of magic here and there and that's okay he works best when there's
1: loads bags of personality in these matches and I think Joe. MGF will be kind of similar, but very different. If that makes sense to Punk Joe, absolutely. Yeah, it's loads of like enterta- bags of entertainment value. I'm looking forward to Fantasy booking that in the preview next week. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let- if, uh, Tony Conn's is uh, Tony Cons is just as good. <laughs> <laughs> let us know your thoughts
2: on uh, this week's episode of WWE Dynamite on Twitter. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, at what culture WWE? Watch, they can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at <laughs> M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcast from. Uh, myself and Sid will be back tomorrow to preview AEW Collision, of course. But for now, this has been the AW Dynamite Review. My thanks from all of us, the Dadly Boys. I still don't really know. How to do it. <laughs> I don't know how to do it yet. Uh, we'll see you soon.
0: Planning for your next trip.